Okay. Yeah, hit the record button now. Okay. So, for Brain, Burnick, what are we talking about today? First time in 2021. Hey, the first one in 2021. I'm leaning on a conversation I had with a client as recent as Monday this week, where we were checking in on something that he raised six months earlier. Uh, one of his objectives, and I'm just going to kind of go wild with it. It was the concept of courage. It was around having courage. For him, in the beginning, it was speaking up, especially at the workplace, because sometimes he felt defeated in certain conversations that could be interpreted as prejudicing him. Uh, maybe that's a bit of a harsh word, but, but maybe pressing on his particular value systems. So he raised that as a thing, having courage to speak up, uh, not just in office conversations, but approaching his boss and talking about money. And we, on Monday, had our check-in and we reviewed and he had come a great distance in this regard. But then we started to lock other concepts onto courage, the one being perseverance and the other one being resilience. And we, then we merged them all together and it became a thing, <laughs> became a conversational thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a bit of coaching. There was a lot of conversation, but now I've taken it and given it a little bit more thought, which I thought I could bring into the conversation with you today. I'm here for this. Go. Good. Which part? Courage, perseverance, Uh, resilience, all uh, of the above? Well, courage is not a strong point for me, so let's maybe start there. Okay. Well, let's explore courage. I think a good starting point when speaking conceptually about any of these, before even tying them together or to see what we do with them or about them, is to just understand what they are. And I, I'm not going to go to a dictionary. I'm not going to lean on any academic literature. This is what I share with you now is really my take on all of these, uh, together with your opinion, because I want this to be a discussion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool? Yes. All right. So, you know, I think we began, he and I began by by um, when we revisited courage, kind of going, well, what is it? What What is courage? And we <clears throat> had a look at what it meant to him. But ultimately, it was about things like taking risks, diving in. And you think about literally diving. If you're at the top of some mountainous precipice and you want to dive into the ocean below, it takes courage to do that, leaning over, being conscious of the height at which you have to cover, uh, the speed of the fall, the breaking the water. It takes a lot of courage. With a lot of people, courage has to do with how you feel after the event. And I think regret has something to do with that. You want to walk away without having regretted doing something or not doing something. And courage plays the part in in how you approach that. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So <laughs> she she says with intonation in her voice. <laughs> no, but so essentially <clears throat> um, I'm actually I'm I'm thinking of something that would require courage. And I'm thinking that perhaps I have I'm a bit of of a fraidy cat because I'm already seeing the outcome and I'm kind of projecting it to not be good. So that's why perhaps I have fear going into it. So that makes sense. There we go. Okay. Which is why it locks in with perseverance later. Okay. So to make it real for anyone listening, in addition to the examples I gave with him earlier, it's everyday stuff. It's like... Um, asking someone uh, to move if they're in your way. It's like walking up to that girl or that boy that you want to have a conversation with. It's about doing something that you really want to do. 
that that may present you with fear or fear may present itself to you. It's things where you get in your own way. You end up having a conversation with yourself and talking yourself out of it, often justifying the reasons why not and telling yourself it's fine if you don't and then you walk away with regret. But had you had the courage to do it, often spontaneously rather than thinking a way out of it, there would probably be no regret if in, uh, at all. I think that Nike kind of gets it to a large degree with saying, just do it. Because when you're faced with something you want to or need to do, you should just do it. Great in concept, but often there's a lot of personal development that needs to happen before you can be at a point where you can just do it. And courage just doesn't just come. Sometimes you can dive headfirst into things, but often your courage and ability to do that comes as a result of the path that you have walked, the work that you've done. You don't just wake up one morning with courage. That being said, it could work either way. You could work up to the point where you're courageous or you could be courageous and that would make changes in the rest of your life. Mm, okay, Jason, I have, a, I have a real world example. Yeah. So I have three friends currently who are all at this point employed. By a company, by companies. And all three of them have these awesome ideas for businesses that they wanted to, to create for themselves, right? And they're good ideas. And we've been talking about it for years and years and years, and they've never had the, the push or the shove or the, the courage to, to create these businesses. Now, mm. all three of them, because of COVID, one has officially been retrenched um, as of Monday. One is on the retrenchment waiting list at their company. And the wow. other one has just been told that the company is liquidating. So all three of them now have to have the courage to start this endeavor that they were going, that they've been talking about for years, but they have to have the courage to do that and not look for another safety net. So where to from here? You know, they're probably all thinking, I wish I'd done that. I wish I'd had the courage to do what I needed to do to follow up on my idea from a year ago or two years ago, yeah. uh, which is what we were speaking about is that if you, if you don't take the big step, you may walk away with regret. Mm -hmm. So uh, what I want to talk about is with regard courage, per, uh, courage, perseverance and resilience is that there are steps that you can pursue to improve each one of those. Um, and I'll get to those, but le let me respond to your question in the meantime um, around what they should do. It's probably even more daunting than ever right now because they had this big idea. They never followed through in it. Now circumstances are such that they have no choice but to take some action in some direction. And it may be, it may be in pursuit of what they thought of before, but it may be somewhere else out of desperation. So now they're weighing the two. Should I just go get a job or should I create the thing I wanted to create being the business, I suppose, in this case? And it may be easier to go get the job, but then maybe there are no jobs available because, you know, if so many people are out of work and there's a high demand and the supply remains the same. So that's probably a good push to at least direct their attention to the idea that they had to create this business. But then they arrive back at the daunting enormity of the thing. Their immediate action is to break it down, break it down into all of the tiny little pieces that make this up. And... Be analytical about it to a degree by asking the right questions like, um, what, have, what would it be like if I were to create this thing? Uh, what if I don't do it? If I did it, what would my life be like? Uh, what am I prepared to take on? What am I pre prepared to give up? Because maybe they need to take, for example, a cut in salary. Maybe their expectations of the life they live 
the standard of living, their material uh, life and all of that needs to be sacrificed for a while. And they need to be prepared and aware of the risks that come with taking uh, that courageous leap of faith. So it's not about just creating this business that was an idea, but now is one of the two massive choices they have to make right now. It's about asking the questions and figuring out the steps along the way, because maybe, maybe it's about going and buying something and selling it. It could be as simple like that. Maybe it's about taking the concept of what you thought about doing and offering it to one person to test the waters. You don't have to build an entire business. So many people get stuck at, I need, a, I need to create a business. Well, what does that mean? I have to go to CIPC and register a PTY limited and get that registered. And then they never do anything. And the reality is that none of that ever happened to, needed to happen. What is a business? You provide a product or a service and receive remuneration um, for providing that. So what is the simplest possible version of that? How can they do something right now? Well, take what you have and go and sell it. Go test the waters. Have a conversation with someone. Okay. 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 All right. So we probably touched on courage enough for now. Uh, let's move over to perseverance because uh, to me, perseverance is like the undercurrent and the foundation to courage and resilience. Because if you plot them on a timeline, I see courage as the thing you're going to dive into now. Uh, perseverance as the thing that keeps you going over a period of time and resilience is what's required when you hit some tough times along the way. Things are thrown at you, speed bumps in the road, whatever it may be. So perseverance is something that is required in order to keep going once you've had the courage to begin. So your three friends, should they find the tiny step they need to take, it would be very important for them to persevere. They may test the waters by, by buying something and selling it to someone else or offering their service to someone, they may receive it or they may be rejected. But if it's a good idea and they firmly believe in it, it's so important for them to continue to either test the waters or to provide the product or service to potential clients or customers because it's not going they are not going to build a successful business by trying once and giving up. In fact, it takes many, 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 many tries. Mm. And this makes me think of those 21 days to make or break a habit. You familiar with this? Yes, I've heard this. I don't know if I believe it though. Is it real? Well, it's a, it's a myth, which is why I'm raising it right now. I think, <laughs> I think it's a great myth. We've, I've known it for years. I think I knew it from the time I was a kid. But I did some research on this recently, and it's really interesting to understand where it comes from. Uh, there was a guy called Maxwell Maltz, and he wrote a book in the 1960s called Psycho-Cybernetics. And he was taking a guess, I think it was a guess, as to how long it took people to adjust themselves to self-changes such as plastic surgery. <laughs> so he put forward that it was 21 days. So then I've heard other theories like it's 38 days, it's 45 days, and that's more recently. That's in the last few years. But some very interesting research, uh, this is real research about how long it takes to create a habit was done in the kind of healthy living space. And they looked at three things, eating healthily, drinking healthily, and exercising. And with, a, with the sample of, of volunteers that they had, and it was quite an interesting piece of research to read because they went into a lot of depth and they used this as the basis for further research as well. But in terms of eating something healthy, it took them 65 days. In terms of drinking something healthy, this is every day, it took 59 days. And in terms of going 
and exercising, whatever exercise it was, to the point that it became habitual, it took 91 days. So on average, between all of those, it was 66 days. So 21 days is absolutely a myth. And what we take, what we should all take from this is that once we've had the courage to jump into something and we need to persevere, perseverance is not just for three weeks. Perseverance is that we've got to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. There are also statistics, right or wrong. There are many surveys and pieces of research that speak to this, but it takes you a year to kind of build some sort of a business. You know, you have an idea, you start at it, and it's going to evolve anyway, so you can keep at it. But to start making money, we're speaking on big averages over here, you've got to go at it for at least a year. So perseverance isn't just trying something once or twice, going on and on. And if you want to dive off that precipice, ledge at the side of a mountain into the ocean and be good at it, then it's not going to be having the courage to dive once. It's going to be doing it every single day, improving your technique, looking at other ways you can do it, uh, sourcing a crowd, starting an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You get where I'm going with this. This is so much pressure. It's so much pressure, but I get it. (laughs) So, okay. So you're saying 60 days, but I actually took from that, that we should be doing stuff consistently for a hundred days. And I'm talking about consistently, right? Where that's what yes. talking about. like, even when you don't want to do it, you should be doing it. And that yes. creates the good or the habits or the perseverance. Well, that's the other thing is that you don't want to be doing it within the day. So maybe you don't want to drink that water. You'd rather have a Coke. Maybe you don't want to eat that apple. You'd rather have something else. Maybe you don't want to go to gym. You'd rather stay home and lounge on the couch. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and in, in habit forming, you're allowed to kind of you're allowed to fall off the track for a day as long as you get back on uh, because you're still on the track. You just happen to fall off for a day. And we're still speaking within the context of perseverance here. Let's not forget that. Don't focus on intraday because it will be difficult. You have to have that, pic- that bigger picture. You jumped into something. You took the courage to go into it because it had something to do with something you want to create, right? So it could be goal-orientated. It's got to be personal, but it also has to be so compelling. So if you want to eat an apple every day instead of a packet of chips or you want to drink a bottle of water instead of a Coke, it's got to be for a reason, and that reason has something to do with a goal. So maybe you want to get fitter or you want to be healthier or you want to change the shape of your body or improve the shape of your body. So the degree of how compelling it is, is a factor to consider within this. So it's got to be worth it for the person doing it. It's difficult to persevere if the end goal is not worth it. Valid. The other thing is... We can talk yeah, out of any end goal. Definitely. So yeah, It's always I, about the end goal versus the interim goal. I know. So yes, I want a banging body or yes, I want to create my own business or yes, I want to be the CEO. Um, but at some point when the – it's about choosing your difficult, right? Um, it's difficult to not be the CEO or to not start your own business because you're working for someone else. But it's difficult to actually go out and persevere and do it. So – you got to choose your heart. And I think as humans, we tend towards choosing the easiest heart. We take the path of least resistance. Yeah. So that's why the, the end goal needs to be compelling enough to make it worth it or else you won't persevere. You're not going to persevere of something if whatever you're persevering toward is boring or it doesn't suit you or benefit you. Uh, and a goal in this respect usually has to be pretty personal to you. 
you know, there, there has to be a reason why, and often there has to be a consequence of failure. So going back to the example of your three friends, if they don't do something right now, whether it pursue that goal of creating their own business or even go and get a job, the consequence of failure for them might be that they don't have money and they're unable to pay their bills. And the consequence of that would be absolutely dire. So there's a compelling, inspirational, motivational reason if you can extract that from the, the circumstances for them to start their business, but they need to have the courage to dive in and they need to persevere and persevere and persevere. And yes, the perseverance is over time because to persevere for a day or two or, you know, a week or even a month mm-hmm. when starting a new business doesn't make sense. Yeah. They have to, if they believe it is the solution, it's the right thing to do, that they're passionate about the idea that their product or service is amazing and they can either create or they have a market to provide it to, then it's worth pursuing. Okay. So we've got courage. We've got perseverance. What's the next one? Resilience. Uh, Resilience, which has been somewhat wrong. (laughs) You come back from them. (laughs) <laughs> that's it you know water of a duck's back is how i describe it so much and it's been a buzzword over the covid times because many of those that have succeeded personally and professionally have been resilient to what's going on and i've said on your show and other places often that resilience is a mark of the successful there was also a survey done i may have spoken to you about this um at the beginning of last year i think it was uh, without going into the details of the survey, but it turns out from very successful people around the world that they mark the characteristic of resilience as the reason that they are or where were they or where they are. They are where they are. They were where they were at the time of the survey. So the world has thrown a lot of stuff at us over the last almost year in South Africa. And the ability to, yes, as you said, bounce back and, um, and pivot and see it as water off a duck's back is very important. Some industries like, like restaurants and travel, uh, rec- those in it required more resilience. Those that were affected financially and lost their jobs require even more resilience. But I see re- resilience as really, imagine you're on that path to somewhere and we're all on a path. If we're not on a path, uh, we need to get onto a path <laughs> because we should all have wants and desires. So we're on that path. And obstacles are thrown at us. We, we also might get objections, both within the workplace or taking our product and service out to a market. Danny, do you as a public person have haters? Of course I do. Okay. So yeah, I, I'm not in that world. Um, but I believe that people in the public eye have haters. Yes. I believe a lot of people have naysayers, which is even as close as family sometimes, people that simply don't believe in them and or are jealous of them and try to drag them down. So as soon as you're out there in the public eye or you announce your intentions to people as close to you as family, you may have people trying to drag you down. And those are definitely obstacles to, uh, for you on your path to wherever you want to go. And resilience is really, really important for you to continue. Danny, you go live on air every night for five nights a week, every week of the year, I think. Yeah. And if you get hate mail, it's probably very difficult for you to continue doing what you do unless you have a way to work with it. Get around it, go over it, you know, whatever it is, move, move, move away from it. So we human beings and the, the human population at large over the last 10 months 
have had challenges. We've been facing pandemics. We've had economic crises. Lockdown has, lockdown has locked people down longer than level five or four. You know, it's changed our lives. So many businesses with massive staff contingents are still not back at the offices and the offices are closing down, Yeah, moving or whatever. So resilience is not just because the survey said so, but it is actually a really important human character trait in order for you to continue in the direction that you want to do, want to go to pursue, pursue your dreams and achieve your goals and objectives. I get that. I, I think that when you said, when you said resilience, I think I'm, I judge that word harshly because resilience for me is the getting up after the, the bad, right? It's like water off a duck's back. Like you've got to go through, you've got to go through the hard times in order to see the good times. And that's resilience, but not necessarily. So I think also like to your point, it can be resilience with a naysayer, like someone who's going to question your idea as simple as that, or, or maybe even a fight at the bank about opening a business account or, or whatever it is. It could be those small little in seemingly inconsequential things that you're going to have to get over and still believe in your goal and your journey and your product. Yes. You could be sharing your goal with someone and they smirk, they roll their eyes. Yeah. So you haven't been defeated and you have to get up and dust yourself off. Uh, that's where someone's kind of getting in your way. You're not beat down. You just have an obstacle. That ob- obstacle is often yourself because of how you respond to someone else's reaction or action and that's where resilience comes into resilience comes into play is how you respond how you feel just because someone's rolling their eyes at you doesn't mean you have to stop it just means that they're rolling their eyes at you how you interpret that how you feel about it is completely up to you but that ability to continue despite the eyeball rolling is resilience so essentially what you're telling me jason brennick is in 2021 we require courage, perseverance, and resilience. And when we have those things and when we've mastered those things, everything is possible. Well, I've never quite thought about it like that because I think that in the work that I do around these concepts, we work, I work with my clients and these characteristics within in them. But if I were to zoom out and consider a person with heightened levels of courage, perseverance, and resilience, then absolutely they would be more whole and they would they would be more likely to move in that in that direction. So, you know, there's an interesting exercise that one can do around this. So if you're listening right now, grab a pen, grab some paper. If you're outside, you know, you put your finger in some dust on the patio tiles and just draw a little a little stick man, like the size of the tip of your finger. Draw a little stick man or woman and then draw a circle around that little circle. So you've just captured that. Then draw a huge circle around that whole thing. So what you have is a little stick man, a little circle around that, and then way out is a huge circle around that. At the top, which is 12 o'clock, write courage. At four o'clock, write perseverance. And at eight o'clock, write resilience. Then from the stick man circle, Draw a line from the stick man to courage, from the stick man to perseverance, and from the stick man to resilience. Okay, now now you've got this picture. This picture is about your relationship with those three things. So from a coaching perspective, this is how we look at it. What is your relationship with courage? Is it good? Is it bad? And then we go into more depth. But let's keep it really simple now. Plot on that line your relationship with courage. If your relationship with courage is really good, in other words, you're courageous, put a little X on the line closer to the C. 
So it's a scale. You're going from zero, which is close to you, to 100 or zero to 10. What is your relationship with perseverance? Is it good or bad or somewhere in between? And that's a really good way for you to see where on the scale you lie. And then we can do an exercise in addition to that just now. Okay. I've done it. I, I think I need, I need perseverance help. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you this as well. Perseverance, this could also be classified as discipline, right? Yes. So in pursuit of that which you want or want to create does require discipline. So you've set this goal, but in order to persevere, you probably have to create some kind of habits. This speaks to foundation and structure and routine as well. You're not, one will not achieve what one wants without having some kind of habit forming relationship with oneself. That's the reality. Okay. So, okay. I just want to unpack this a little bit, this specific one, Mm. because like, obviously everyone who's drawn their little stick man is going to have different, um, different things. Mine, uh, mine personally, perseverance is the the X is very close to me. So that means then that I struggle with perseverance, i.e. discipline, i.e. habit forming. So if you have someone who, for example, is 35 years old, like myself, and struggles with any kind of habit forming. I'm talking about even the smallest things from going to bed at a certain time to eating breakfast to any kind of habit that one normal human being would have. There isn't one. How do you then retrain this old dog? Like, where do you even begin? You got to begin at the end. You know, what's it all about? What's important? Because (laughs) (laughs) you got, you got to start at the end. So most people struggle with perseverance because they dive in and they dive in hard and they don't continue because that's what it is, right? What's the antithesis of perseverance? It's you start, but you don't continue. Mm. There's nothing to persevere around if you haven't even started. So you have the courage to jump in, but then for some reason you don't do anything after that. So you go to gym and you do a spinning class and it was amazing. You died, but you felt good. But, and then you went home and rewarded yourself with a full chocolate cake because you were so good at doing that. But then you have to drag yourself to gym again and hit the spinning class for 45 minutes the next day again. And that's where it becomes difficult because there's an enormous amount of action that has to be taken, at least in theory. So when I say it starts with the end goal in mind, what's it all about? And we, you and I use exercise. I think we use diet as well as an example all the time because it makes sense and people can relate to it. Either you know, either you're fit and healthy or you're not. And either way, you, it's easy to create goals around that. So if you want to lose 100 kilograms, just to use a nice round number, then what is the reason for it? Well, if I lost 100 kilograms, then I would feel better. I would be fitter. I would be healthier. I'd be more attractive. Uh, I could go out into public and show my face more. I would probably have more self-confidence. I would be able to buy nicer clothing. There are all these reasons for if that goal was achieved. But in order to achieve that goal, there's a whole lot of stuff I need to do. One of them might be having to go to gym and do a spinning class. So, okay, I'm going to sign up at the gym. I'm going to inquire about spinning. I'm going to go to the first class. I'm going to dive in. But that's also quite a superficial pursuit of the goal because it's not quite as simple as that. So losing weight, for example, requires more than just exercise. And it's probably more diet than that anyway. In most cases, it is diet than exercise. But what your strategy 
in pursuit of the goal, at least one of your strategies is to go to the spinning class every day. So you've got to break it down. The habit is not to go to spinning every day. The habit is to, for example, if we're breaking it down into tiny things, get your gear out so that, and put it out in front of you so that at five o'clock, when you move away from your homebound desk, your gear's right there. And it triggers you into acting in pursuit of your goal. So your gear's right there. Then you put your gear on. Maybe you leave a banana on the kitchen table so that you can have that little uh, fructose sugar rush. And once you've done that, you pick up your car keys, you're in the car, you go to the spinning class. So I'm really summarizing it because there's a lot more depth required to this in, in habit formation. But it is about taking the big goal, breaking it down into tiny, tiny little goals, and then forming ritual and repetition around them. Because without that ritual and repetition, you're not going to create whatever it is you need to create in order to move toward where you want to be. Okay, I can get behind that. That, that, that I can definitely, that's not as hard as I thought it was going to be. So if anyone <laughs> else's ex for perseverance is close to their body, that's what you do. Just start small. Start small. And you and I have spoken about this as well because it's the enormity of these goals that often put people off. So rather than look at the goal as one massive thing, which it often is, rather break it down. Did I ever give you my dental floss or flossing example? I don't think so. Doesn't it sound familiar? All right, let me, let me quickly go through it again. There was this kid who went to the dentist and the dentist said that his teeth are really dirty, so he needs to floss every day. So his dad took him home, bought him some floss and said, you need to floss every day. But he didn't. Of course he didn't. Because to go through how many kids, 14, 28, so 14 gaps, you know, for, and he was a young teenage boy. So instead... The And I can't remember how it was, was the dad coaching home or the dentist had some coaching way about getting kids to do things. But they said, okay, well, do the top row one night and do the bottom row the other night. And that didn't work either. So they said, okay, well, do one gap every night. And in 14 days, two weeks, you will have flushed your teeth. And he still didn't do that. The problem was getting the kid into the ritual of doing it yeah. because he wasn't doing it. So what, they, what the final piece of advice that worked was, was – when you're brushing your teeth or when you go to the bathroom, just before you brush your teeth, pick up the dental floss, pull a piece off and hold it. And kid that said, okay, I can do that. You know, that's easy enough. What he also did was put the dental floss right there. So it was at eye level, couldn't miss it. So went to brush his teeth, which he was in the habit of doing, saw the dental floss, picked it up, pulled a piece off. Now that he was holding it in his hand, it triggered him to floss his teeth. He started off with one gap a night and then two weeks he'd floss his whole mouth. And that was good enough because before he was flossing nothing. So you see how it goes from doing absolutely nothing to doing some tiny little thing, but it ends up satisfying the ultimate goal mm. of flossed teeth, albeit over a two-week period. You're tricking yourself. This is great. I'm going to start tricking myself into doing stuff. Tricking yourself to one degree, but it's also being strategic and clever about it. So I remember at about 30, I was joking with people saying, I have to leave things in my way to remind myself to take them. <laughs> Me too. You get that? Yeah. But, but after being halfway through a book on habits, I realized that the psychology is not anything to do with age. It's, a, it's around forming rituals. We have a lot going on in our lives, all of us, no matter what walk of life you are from. You have a lot going on in your life. And we are juggling and balancing more than we've ever had to in the history of humankind. And sometimes we need support in doing this. So to leave something in our way or put dental floss at eye level, if that serves us to achieve what we need to achieve, then let's do it. 
I think it's clever. It is clever. It's very clever because it's not it's not like too in your face either. Like no. I have to do this thing. Okay. No. So And Danny, just just a point. Think about how that serves your own personal evolution because so I will I'll never forget. Well, I probably forgot most of it, but <laughs> I remember saying I'll never forget when uh, my kids were born. My wife was in theater and she had a C-section. There was an emergency C-section because the one twin wanted to get out. And uh, well, dinner plans were of course canceled that night. So I was very aware of what was going in at the theater. We had the obstetrician and the second obstetrician. We had the anesthetist. And I think we had just either two or three nurses. The process that they went through was methodical. Like I have never seen it was, and everyone had a job. The job was in sequence. Now, if we practicing that in our lives at home or as kids with dental floss, imagine what we're learning. Now this kid learning to floss his teeth through creating a process and a structure that works for him. If he lands working for his buddy, Mr. Musk one day in the U S launching rockets, that methodology and absolute accuracy that he learned as a child through the processes that he created just to be hygienic. If he takes those learnings in as a way of being and applies that to his adult life and his vocation, AKA launching rockets, like he set, yeah. he set, right? It's practice. It's all practice. Unstoppable. But it's also, you, you can, you can use that analogy to a, an athlete, um, a, an Olympic athlete, same thing. It's practice. It's discipline. Um, it is. And we lose it as adults. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, if you think about it, all of us as kids, we had a sport or a thing that we did, right? Doesn't matter what, what, what kind of house you came from, you played football or you, you wrestled or you played piano or you did ballet or whatever. Um, and you would put endless hours of practice into that and mm. discipline. Mm. And as you get older, you lose it. And it's so much more difficult to come back when you're an adult because I think you lose the magic. It just becomes a chore. I, I think as adults, we wing our lives. Oh, for sure, Jason. I don't want to do that anymore, though. So maybe mm. if, I, if I'm courageous, perseverant, and resilient, I'll, um, I'll wing less. So let's have a look at resilience a little bit more just to close it off. Uh, there's, there's a lot we can do about resilience. I do believe, and you know, I'm not just punting coaching because I'm a coach, but coaching closes the gap and gives you the nudge and support and challenges you to bring what you want closer to where you are. So having, you know, we call it coaching, but having the support to help you to pursue whatever it is that you want is really, really useful. Uh, it has you work on yourself. It has you build the capacity to be who you want to be or need to be. It also has you believe in yourself because a lot of people a lot of adults, especially, you know, kids, kids' resilience comes through their belief that nothing's impossible. Nothing. You look at a kid trying to walk. Like, you know, why would I not be able to walk? I'm going to fall down a thousand times and keep, keep getting up. They believe in possibility, whereas adults don't believe as much. But working with people that believe in you helps you to believe in yourself, which helps you to, to create whatever it is you want. And, and to remove barriers, including limiting, limiting beliefs. This is, I spoke to a client of mine yesterday 
whose uh, whose wife I referred to another coach because she would be she would be really appropriate for for his wife, and this coach friend of mine oh you know her Beth Beth was on our uh, last week so Beth works with women around limiting beliefs a lot, and um, and and often the resilience we require is acquired as a result of removing limiting beliefs. If we don't believe we can do it, then it's going to be very difficult when something stands in our way. All right. I do, however, at the same time, believe that there's something inherent about this characteristic called resilience. And what, so it's in our genes and, and it's in our DNA. So I want to tell you something is that in about two months time, I will be able to measure resilience with it, that's inherent to someone through their genes, through a DNA test. Wow. <laughs> there, there's a project going on. No so. sense, Jason Burning. Like the, <laughs> you cannot measure resilience. Why not? Because it's not a real thing. It's a. It is a real thing. So, so do you think that entrepreneurship is inherent or in someone's genes or not? No. So there are many schools of thoughts on this. And, you know, two will say, well, it is. Another will say it isn't. So some people are entrepreneurs, some people aren't, but others can learn to be entrepreneurs. It does depend on many things. If you've got a family of entrepreneurs and you grew up in an environment of entrepreneurs and all your friends and everyone you hang with are entrepreneurs, you probably have more chance of being entrepreneurial. And maybe resilience speaks to the same thing. But it has been identified that within our DNA, there's an element of resilience. So taking a DNA test and overlaying it with certain psychometric tests can plot us on a scale of resilience. So working with a DNA lab, in about two months' time, I'll be able to do this. And then the remedies that come out of this will be, of course, natural, because if we could buy a resilience pill, then someone in the world would be a multi-gazillionaire. But, you know, the remedies are going to be natural things to build resilience, like, uh, like meditative practices, like uh, taking cold showers, like having conversations with those that make you uncomfortable. Are you still stuck in the DNA? No, I'm listening and I'm like, you're, you're saying these buzzword things that I'm actually quite into at the moment. Um, <laughs> all right. So first of all, do you think that resilience can be measured? I mean, I'm still going to go with no, Jason. I don't think, I don't think so because I don't think that it's like inherently within you. I think that just looking at my own family, um, my brother and I share DNA. We come from the same Jewish background with entrepreneurs and people who created their own spaces in the world and businesses. And one of us does that and the other one doesn't. So I, I don't know if it's got to do with your genetics. Well, you don't share DNA because you, you, you're not, uh, you're two different people. But DNA can be measured. I mean, uh, resilience can be measured because some people are more resilient than others. So through certain questionnaires and testing, we can plot the level of resili resilience of anyone. That's very easy. Now, when we overlay that with one's DNA, and I don't have the details to share with you yet as to exactly how this is going to happen, but we can look at someone's propensity to be resilient based on who they are genetically. So if we take the two where they are, 
and how resilient they are as human beings, plus their propensity to be resilient according to their genetic makeup, then we can put them somewhere. We can plot them on a graph, put them on a scale, and give them exercises and practices to improve their resilience. So this is this is obviously brand new stuff and will be available in about two months' time. I can buy into that now. I get that. Mm. Okay, so now you've taught us all the things that we need. Um, how do we? What do we do? I've got it on this piece of paper that I'm holding in my hand, and it looks really nice. But this sticky notes, I'm going to stick it, and then life carries on. All right. Well, I think there's there's somewhere we can go with this, um, and it's a matter of doing an exercise for yourself. Uh, draw a table, so three columns. Uh, obviously, courage, perseverance, and resilience. And for each column, ask yourself the question, where do I need to be more, dot, 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 courageous, resilient, and perseverant, if that's a word. Where do I need to be more? So you've got your circles that you, where you plotted yourself in your relationships with those three. Now you're asking yourself, where in your life do you need to be more of those three? Just identifying them will start to have you shift in some direction. It would be useful if you could work with someone to support you in moving, but then take on the rest of the conversation. There's a rewind button that you can push here. Go back to what we were talking about, what you can do to improve all of this. We were talking a lot about habits, um, and that's, that's something that is incredibly useful. So for should we quickly review them? Maybe, maybe that's what we need to do. So with courage, it's about asking yourself questions and analyzing the situation. I need to be more courageous around. So um, let's break it down. Ask the questions like, what would it be like if? Uh, what do I need to let go of? What do I need to take on? Uh, what are the risks? All of those questions, because once you understand how it would look like to be more courageous, you might just step into being more courageous. Okay. A great question that I didn't raise earlier on now is, uh, what would it be like if I had no fear? Oh, easy peasy, dude. Like and then you could go into the steps. So what would it be like if I had no fear? And then how would I do it? And what's the very first step I would take? Hmm. I think a lot of answers, a lot of the answers are now going to change because from that question. Mm, mm. I think when you ask yourself that question, I think then you'll see what you truly, truly want. You know? It's such a great question and you can apply it to so many areas of your life. And then around perseverance, we spoke about the habit forming. So it's just a matter of... Uh, creating some habitual structures and routines that would support you between where you are and where you're going. And then, of course, resilience. So uh, what you can do around resilience now is just get, uh, enroll the support. First, you have a coach. That's the best professional person that you can get to support you and be more resilient. But then also those that believe in you, like your best friend, um, some kind of a mentor. Okay. And then later on, there may be other ways. But then even, even when the, the DNA resilience test will be available, uh, it's still going to be through the likes of coaches. It's just a tool that coaches are going to use. I do think coaching is very necessary 
Um, I think that if one can afford it and, and one is able to, I definitely think that people should get coaches. Yes, uh, I was just saying to this, this to someone young two days ago that if I had had a coach when I was 19 years old, it would have changed my life. Again at 22, again at 35, and then I, well, I did at 35, but it was different. I had different objectives. And then I got my, like, I was completely uh, vested in coaching on my own career path at, uh, at 40. And I don't think I would be where I am if I didn't have the coach. And this is very interesting is, is I worked with an international coach, dollar-based, paid, paid a huge amount of money. And in 13 months of working together, three weeks of the month, there was really one huge thing that made all the difference. All the time, all the money, it was about me having to make one decision, uh, which I won't share with you here, but once that decision was made, everything fell into place. So firstly, I had to figure out what, that everything was leveraging on that decision. Then I needed, needed to make the decision, and then things started to fall into place. But coach, That's the power of coaching. Yeah, because they hold you accountable, right? You have to answer to them. They often hold you accountable, but it's more so you get what some coaches will call themselves accountability coaches, and that's part of their job. I'm here to hold you accountable. Uh, I like to work with people that hold themselves accountable. I might offer to do that as well, but I believe that more importantly, it's about the work that you do before you need to be held accountable, which is uh, which is the exploratory work, which is the work around uh, creating possibility, which is about diving into the impossible, about creating those goals that you never believed were possible. Uh, I use this model that I got right out of UCT's Center for Coaching. It's an upside-down triangle divided into three in the top layer, 70% conversation for understanding. So let me as a coach, having a conversation with you, try to understand where you are and what's going on. The next 20% is possibility. The bottom 10% is action. So you can see that action is what you take from all of it. But possibility is a cracking, at least according to this model, 20% of what you do with a coach. In my world, working with my entrepreneurs and business owners as clients, we probably play in possibility a lot more because exploration is, is, is understanding as well. It's setting the scene, it's kind of getting the scope, and it's drilling down to understand more. But then we move quite swiftly into possibility, especially once we've got that rapport and we know each other and have worked with each other for some time. Entrepreneurs, business owners, big-minded, big-thinking, goal-orientated people love to play in a world of possibility. Uh, they love to jump into something that was previously considered to be impossible. I have a lot written down and I'm going to have to go away and read it and process it. But I think, I think this was very valuable, this conversation, especially for this point in January. Um, I think everyone started off quite hard, like we always do. And with it being 2020.1, nothing's really changed. I think we petered off quite quickly. Um, but I do think that you've given us very good tools to continue whatever goals we'd set for ourselves, whatever they are. Um, using these three things and all of the little pieces in between that you talked about now. So thanks, Jason. Mm. Like I've You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so if if one can find the courage to jump in, uh, 
one will have to adopt resilience along the way, but perseverance is what's going to hold it all together and have you keep going until you get what you want. Think about it like that. And on that note, Jason Bernick, happy 2021. And May it be a cracking year for you, Danny P. And for you also, may it be a good one for all of us. <laughs> Thank you. Chat to you soon.